Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Right, we're a couple of days out from the big one Ireland taking on England in Twickenham in the make or break Six Nations clash and a man who knows all about facing England in make or break clashes is our big red bench guest host Tomas O'Leary Tomas how are you sir? I'm good Rory I'm looking forward to the weekend now to see I suppose how Ireland compete in their first big challenge under mm-hmm. Farrell um, obviously going over to Twickenham the last few times or the last time in we got a fair old, old beating but um, I think Ireland have improved since the World Cup and England have probably gone the other way so it's kind of intriguing to see um, where both sides are at When you were a player what was it like heading to Twickenham was there a kind of an aura about it was there kind of an extra level of anticipation heading over there I think just the, the historical, um, I suppose, rivalry between the countries um, and the fact that Ireland would have been used to getting a hammering off them in the 90s, mm. even early 2000s, that always kind of, I grew up watching that and then when Ireland became more competitive, um, you know, you get a lot more confidence from that. So it wasn't uh, an intimidating place to go. Obviously, you knew that if you weren't on your game, you, you could be in for a long afternoon. And I was once or twice, unfortunately. <laughs> but I went over there as well. So um, it's just an exciting place to play. The sight of the white jersey, it does kind of bring out an extra... Mm percentage or incentive in, yeah. in Irish players and it's you know if you can beat England in their backyard it's always mm. a special day What's your favourite Twickenham memory? Favourite one would have been putting Tommy Bow away for uh, a try um, to, to get victory in the Grand Slam mm. year um, so um, it was off the back of the lane out Paul O'Connell popped the ball down off the back tail of the lane out and I drew their seven I forget who their seven was and just popped to Tommy and he he sliced in under under the sticks get up, gets all the glory of course <laughs> again like but um, probably that that victory over there um, my, my, my favourite memory over in Twickenham Alright so Ireland heading into this in the back of that impressive win over Wales which is I suppose they needed that considering the, the win over Scotland wasn't as good yeah, absolutely, and it's kind of justification for Farrell, you know, of what he's doing. Um, not that he probably needed that, but it's the first gig as head coach. Mm. Naturally, he's going to be under pressure. There's question marks after, even after the first victory against Scotland, um, you know, about him and how, how long it's going to take for him to implement his style of play, or you know, get his real imprint on on the this Irish team. But I think you know the victory over Scotland and then the manner of the victory over over Wales kind of hits home that you know, yeah, maybe he's doing something. Right, mm. and even all the you know the the sounds you're hearing out of camp, um, you know players are are a lot, I suppose, a lot more refreshed and revitalised, and they seem a lot happier. Um, seem to be having fun is the big word that's coming out of the squad, and I think that's important, especially in mm. professional rugby. It can get lost um, the fact that you're you're trying to enjoy the game. Obviously, everyone wants to win, but. Um, I think you can almost have paralysis by analysis, and mm. that's probably what it went to under Schmidt in the end look a fantastic coach brilliant record but probably was overdone towards the end of his tenure yeah. and Farrell has probably recognised that and, and hopefully it seems to have given the Irish team a bit of freedom to express themselves So where, is, where can this English team be got at now next Saturday? Uh, I think if you can match them physically uh, I think Ireland will have a, a tactically superior game plan mm. uh, more skillful players I think our halfbacks um should be should be better at the control of a game, particularly at nine with, with Murray's kicking game, Sexton Player of the Year. Um, so yeah, I think if we can get parity or better up front, um, then I think our halfbacks and backs can can cause this England team a bit of damage. So um, it's about 
getting that solidity at scrum time and getting enough, I suppose, in our ball carries. So mm-hmm. that's probably one area of concern that I've ha- I'd have is, you know, our ability to, to gain metres in, in ball carrying. So I think there's a lot of, I suppose, a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility on our back row to, to get to, mm. to get good ball carries and get that bit of momentum going. All right, call it. Is it a 50-50? Or uh, would you have England's slight favourites going in? You'd have to have England as favourites. Um, and oh, I'd definitely have a bit more hope than I would have before the Six Nations based on both England's uh, performances or lack of performance in Ireland's improvement. Mm. So, but I just think England at home um, probably learned a few lessons from their two previous games. I think they'll just edge it. And ahead of the game tomorrow, so you've been speaking to, uh, I suppose, a former teammate of yours. Yeah, I've been speaking to Dennis Fogarty, who I would have uh, played against um, in schools. He was a obviously Tipperary man. He played with Rockwell, then was lucky enough to play Irish schools in our 20s with him, where we got to a World Cup final. We're hammered by New Zealand, but let's not talk about that. And then obviously had a number of years playing with him mm. for Munster. Um, great guy, great crack off the pitch. You know, great hooker. Um, was part of the, the kind of 2008 winning squad um, on the bench that day. Um, so, yeah, just a great guy to have at the pitch and his brother John of course um, ex-Leinster player ex-Leinster scrum coaches obviously Ireland's forwards are scrum coaches at the moment so he'd have a good insight into the into the Irish setup at the moment so it was great to catch up with him and get his thoughts and I'm delighted to be joined by Dennis Fogarty former Munster and Ireland A player Dennis thanks for joining me no problem at all um, look, good to chat again that's great to, to catch up obviously I'm helping out with a bit of coaching for, for Con20s at the moment so it's a bit of a baptism of fire there for me um, having you as a head coach it's tough enough <laughs> I know it's t- tough to keep you under wraps as well like to be fair but it's good I know it's great the, great, the young fellas are loving now to be fair, yeah, they're, but, they're, uh, they're good fun and probably less cynical than, uh, than, than we were when we were playing yeah true very true very so true looking forward to, to obviously next weekend's Ireland and England game um, Twickenham do you think Ireland have much of a chance going over there? I actually genuinely do. Um, I'm quite hopeful, to be honest with you. Um, I think Ireland are in a good place. They started well, and I think they've gradually gotten better as the games have gone on. So um, I think they're going over there with a really, a really big chance. So um, I'm actually really looking forward to the game. The kind of physical battering that we took off England in, in the last game, I know it was a build-up to the World Cup and a lot has changed since then. You don't think that will have much of, uh, a, 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 I suppose, an influence on, on this Saturday's game? I don't think so, to be honest with you. Um, I think you have to, to look at the, you know, the, the, the background of that game. They came, I think, they came off a, a massive camp in uh, in Portugal. I think there probably there could have been a small bit of fatigue in that. Um, and obviously, with the whole changing, the the, the coaching changing staff and all, or the the, the the coaching staff change. Um, I think they're 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 re-energized. To be honest with you, um, I think they're. Looking forward to to this game. I know they've had a, a big week this week, but a, a good week in Cork. Um, got a lot of work done, um, and I don't think they're. I, I, to be fair, I, I don't think that result will have any bearing on on, on next week. Um, like I said, it was different circumstances, but you know, I think everyone now is is in a new, fresh mindset of um, of of going over there and getting a result. Yeah, you alluded to the change in mindset and change of coaches in, in the squad I know Keith Earls was speaking during the week about how there's probably less pressure uh, less analysis and it seems a bit more fun in the squad um, how important and do you think the change that Andy Farrell has implemented or is trying to implement uh, how, how, how much is that affecting the squad 
I think it's going to have a huge effect. I think you, you, like you, you know yourself, you know, when you get someone in who's probably who who change even small changes can just give you reinvent you a small bit. You know what I mean? And I, I think you've seen that with players. I think there's a an onus on them just to kind of express themselves more. Um, and I think he does that in in reports this week. You know that they're, they they now have that freedom, and it's you know you know better than I do that uh, when you play with you know with freedom it's just obviously it's way better to watch but even to play in it is just more enjoyable more exciting um, not not saying how they played was, was bad or anything but it was it was very structured in, in what they yeah. played it was even tough to watch at times but you see now in the first two games that it, it really is exciting to watch you see their ambition coming out in the field and your brother John of course is Ireland's scrum coach Massive, um, I suppose, challenge for this this Irish team at scrum time this weekend, and I suppose the pack overall. Um, how important is that battle going to be in getting parity or even dominance in the scrum? Yeah, it's it's huge. You know, it's you would have seen that in the first game. It's where where Ireland would have struggled to really kind of get in their their scrum going. You know, and, and you saw the effects it has on a game. You know, you get one, two, three penalties. It's you're up against it. International rugby, it's 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 not a good place to be. Set piece will be key, um, especially away from home. Um, obviously, against World Cup finalists, um, you want to you want to be you want to be nailing your set piece. England will have a, a very strong scrum, got a great pack, um, and obviously a good lineup. But that's that's where Ireland need to I think turn the screw. They've gotten better, like I said before, gradually getting better game by game. But I think they really need to. To be a hundred percent at scrum time and and obviously at line out time. So, um, but and I think they can. I see. I think that there was a big change last week from or against Wales. You saw the scrum being very dominant, bar the first scrum of the game where we, we were penalised. But um, you know, I think going into the game that, that there'll be a huge focus on set piece and at scrum time. And I suppose you caught up with John last week when they were down in Cork. Um, the, the the confidence levels in the camp are the the coaches and the players really. Kind of confident and looking forward to the challenge of Twickenham. Absolutely, you know, and I think it's that's driven from Farrell as well. You know, he's that he kind of he's that energetic guy, he's that positive guy, and he's um, I think they're all feeding off him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's um, he's good to be around. Apparently, um, John's loving it at the moment. He's you know, like I said, what what Farrell is bringing to the to the whole, not just the coaching staff, but to the players as well, is that they're re-energized and they're you know they're going over there full of confidence and you know really excited about the challenge that um, that England will bring. And I know in 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 the press, the England coach has mentioned brutality and physicality. Obviously, that was in regards to the last game against France, but likely in this game, it's going to be extremely confrontational. With that in view, how would the makeup of your back row look like if you were selecting? Would Caelan Dars come back into contention, or would you stick with Omani, Stander, and Van der Fleer? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think it was, you know, looking at it now, I think they're going to have to stay with Omani. I think he, um, you know, he was angry after being dropped yeah. for the first game and it kind of did him the world of good because he was he was brilliant, not alone at set piece, but around the park um, last week, standard. There was big question marks over him going into the Six Nations, two man of the matches now. You, you know, he's undroppable. Um, so you can't change that up. So uh, and Van der Fleer has that just perfect balance. You know he's he's everywhere. He's getting through so many tackles. I think he twenty something tackles or twenty one tackles in the last game. Um, he's just very very effective. 
So um, I think that that's a good balance of standard, you know, Peter Amani and um, Van der Fleer. So I don't see changes there. Um, so I think they're going to stick with that back row. You know, I think Keelan Doris will have to, you know, buy his time again and hopefully get back in for the Italy game. And then, you know, the coaches will probably reassess things. Is that an exclusive now coming from the, the coaches to, for Red <laughs> FM? We'll, we'll go to print with that, so will we? <laughs> Not at all. He doesn't He doesn't say much now, to be fair. I don't get any insight into it. So, um, And I don't think he'd be picking a back row. Yeah, I fair he, enough. He'd be, just, he'd, be, <laughs> he'd be asking him about props and hookers, and that's about it. Okay, so what's the starting front row? <laughs> I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't see, to be honest with you, when I looked at it, even, even around the field, Looking at changes, I don't see many changes. I, yeah. I think, um, go especially with the English game, I, I don't think you're going to have many changes. There is a big call for Kilcoyne to maybe come in. Yeah. Um, would he do that for the English game? I don't know. Um, otherwise, you know, I don't see Con- Conor Murray will retain his place. I think they will, you know, they'll, they might change it for the Italy game. Um, and also, I think Keith Earls put his hands up. Yeah, he did. For, you know, I, I genuinely look at that and I'm like... But who do you drop you know, there from, from Stockdale, Armour or, or Conway? Like, it's a big decision. Yeah, it is a big call for me. You know, like, obviously, I don't know much, but in terms of wingers and, and all this kind of stuff, but, like, I'm sure maybe he could fit in where Stockdale is. Mm. And then on the other side of it is, he came in at 13. He played incredibly well against Wales at 13. Is that balance of... Bundyaki and Henshaw the right one for England you know they're quite similar player, players I think he's a huge loss as ring rolls to get that balance right in midfield so I don't know do, do you go with Henshaw and Earls at you know at 13 and Henshaw at 12 or just leave it at Bundy and, and Henshaw at, um, at 13 so um, and like, like, like it was in the Wales game you know I don't know but I, I think that that's the only I like, Positions where it's unbalanced at the moment with with ring rows being out. I think Henshaw. I think if they were all fit, maybe Henshaw might actually get. Well, for in my eyes, would get the nod against yeah. for Bundy. You know what I mean? So, um, but definitely Earls. Earls has definitely put his hand up. Um, likewise, Kilcoyne is really hammering at that door to try and get on the field. Um, yeah. So it's good to have that strength and depth. You know, have, have, have decisions yeah. to make and have guys to come on and add a bit of mm. momentum after 50-60 minutes. Another mm. subplot of this game is, I suppose, the Andy Farrell versus Owen Farrell um, you know, mm. contest. Um, a lot of people have asked me about this and uh, asking about split loyalties. Of course, you've experienced in this playing against John with mm. Leinster. Um, we played against them, but I've spoken to people and, and kind of family loyalties go out the window once the game starts, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's just at the end of the day, it's a, it's your profession, it's the job. You know, we were similar to that in wasn't two two thousand eight Munster Leinster Iron Cup semi final. My mother in the stands. You know what I mean? And she was just, you know, she was she was just wanted both of us to get off the field yeah. safely. But um, I, I think you know we we spoke about. I would have spoken to him before that game and stuff. And at the end of the day, it was literally when the job get on to get your job done and do it at 100% if you can and make the best make the best team win you know and I think that there is that and I saw some articles where Andy Farrell has spoken about that they've got a great understanding of and a great professionalism between the two of them of you know going out doing their doing their job to the best of their ability and all they want to do is win so um, and that's the bottom line you know what I mean and I think they'll have that respect between the two of them you know of Going out there trying to win and doing everything they can to win, so um, and you have to respect that too. So I don't, I don't, I don't see it being a a big, um, you know, big issue. 
and look I suppose the Irish 20s deserve mention as well and I know you've probably been exposed to a few of those guys and particularly Jack Crowley at out half how impressed have you been with, with the 20s team in general and, and some of the individual players Yeah I must say they was it about three weeks ago or just a week before the um, the Six Nations started they came up and trained up in, up in Corcan against um uh, the seniors um, and I just I was extremely impressed with I suppose the pack and how how um, how good they were at set piece how physically big they were how fit they were and then in, in the game they, they just they already looked like a, a team that had been with each other for, for so long to be honest with you saw the first game and obviously where we see a lot of uh, Jack Jack Crowley um, up in Con, and he's a he's a very he's a very impressive young fella to be honest. He's um, very focused, very dedicated, um, and just a good young fella. They all are really, to be honest with you. At that age, coming out, we see with some of our guys, they're just down to earth guys who, who who he obviously has a goal in mind, and he's you know he's going out to get it, and that's it. You know what I mean? So um, very impressive, and you know, hopefully we wish the wish the best to them all. And I I see that that been a big challenge as well for them going over there. Trying to get a result against Seaman, that's a huge challenge for them. But uh, you know, I don't see it, you know, being a being a huge huge problem. And I wish the be- wish the best of luck to them. Okay, and of course, it's been a very tough week for everyone here in, in Munster Rugby with the the passing of Gareth Fitz. Um, I spoke a bit about him yesterday. You know, a great man. Could you tell us really about your your dealings with Gareth? Yeah, I, I would have. God, I, he he was. I would have had dealings with him every time. I would have, obviously. Not only signed my contracts with Garrett, he was the first guy who, you know, who offered me a contract. Um, back in two thousand and three, I think we both came off the World Cup, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, the under twenty ones World Cup. Um, offered my first contract, and yeah, he was he he's a huge lot. He was just a monster man out and out, you know, to the core. He um, he brought so much to the to the organization, to the club, to the players. He'd um, huge respect from everybody. You know, from within the organisation, every every single player, I don't think that anyone would have a bad word to say about him. Um, and just a just an all round good guy, good good person to deal with. And I think for, from my point of view, it was what I really enjoyed about him. There was no messing with him. He was just straight straight talking. You know, I would have spoken to him when I was coming back from France, and you know, trying to kind of integrate myself back into Ireland and yeah. obviously into the workforce and stuff. And he. You know, he, he was all out to help me as well. You know, no issues. Whatever I can do, I'll do with Dennis. Um, and he, just a great guy. You know, when he'd know, you know, it was he, he was just always there to help and always yeah. there to for a good chat as well. To be yeah. honest with you, I, I I'd had numerous chats with him, and he was he was just one of those guys where you come out in the chat and you were like, God, that was I needed that. You know, that yeah, kind of way. Yeah, so um, absolutely, no, massively missed. He'd be hugely usually missed within the organisation and from everybody around you know that had dealings with him Brilliant look there great words to end the, the interview on look I appreciate you taking your time and hopefully we'll be looking celebrating a, an Irish win this time next week thanks Dennis No problem thank you Alright that was uh, Dennis Fogarty in conversation uh, with uh, Tomas very very interesting stuff indeed I'm just going to go back a bit um, the Ireland team were of course in Cork last week for a two day training camp they were supposed to play the Ireland under 20s in a uh, in a match out in CIT that was postponed because of a very very heavy rain it was then moved to Irish Independent Park but afterwards um, Ireland coach Andy Farrell um, held a press conference and this is what he had to say afterwards yes, there's plenty honestly 
thing. There's plenty, and uh, the, the the point of the the two days camp that we've just had uh, was to make sure that we we recognise those those areas and we try and um, uh, eradicate the errors within our session against the twenties today. It was a pretty important session for us because, um, yeah, we we used it like a like game day um, preparation, and we'll. We'll meet back up on uh, Monday night and we'll review that session as though it was a game. So there's plenty of learnings on, on, on Wednesday uh, and certainly this morning before the session and it was a decent session uh, because of those learnings. We, we, um, we, we, we trained pretty well, so that was pleasing. Uh, what are the areas? I mean, the obvious bits that you guys would would know as well as us. We, we created plenty of opportunities uh, and there's some great player to get us there we didn't convert them all um, on the back of that we probably created a few more opportunities than we thought that we didn't recognise which is which is something that's been um, a bit obvious to us as well um, and getting better at, at most things you know our set piece got better um, it can certainly keep getting better and that's what we'd want to do our counter attack is 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 on an upward curve, but we miss some opportunities there. So, in general, most things that need to get better and have to uh, with the week that's coming up next week. As confident as as you can be going to Twickenham, we know the we, we know the task in hand. We know what what awaits you when you when when you get there. Uh, we know that England are pretty proud to to play at home, like we are uh, to play at the Aviva. Um, but we we feel like we're in a in a in a decent place, you know. So we're we're looking forward to next week. We you know we we've had a, a good couple of days here, but we're uh, I'm sure the lads are. Relishing coming into camp on Monday night, you know, looking for a big week ahead, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll need to be like that. Well, that was Andy Farrell there speaking uh, at the Riverley Hotel in Cork last week uh, as part of that Ireland two day training camp. He says he's as confident, Tomas, as you can be going to Twickenham, but I don't think he's a man short in confidence, is he? No, he's very self assured, and you know, you come across him and his physical stature. Uh, very kind of he's, he's a big presence a big aura about him but when you speak to him then as well um, very self-assured confident guy and I guess he gets that f- through what he's achieved in life um, you know I think he was capped by British and uh, the British and, and Irish uh, rugby league team mm-hmm. at 17-18 he went out to be their captain I think when he was 19 um, he was a, he's a legend of the, the league game um, obviously then came into play union as well played with England um, He's coached England, coached the Lions, um, so a fantastic CV in terms of rugby, but just personally for the guy as mm-hmm. well. He's uh, he's a great guy when you meet him, good crack, um, and he's all about you know empowering the players. I think is is the big thing from from what I've seen. He he did a, a short kind of uh, gig with Munster as a consultant or an advisory capacity and uh, he was very much about talking to the players and giving them ownership of it. So. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he's trying to implement that with this Irish team and and bring a bit of fun and a bit of crack back mm. into the setup. So, yeah, I think he knows everything about English rugby and um, obviously with his connection to to his son Owen as well, yeah. be an interesting kind of interesting kind of challenge and conflict for them. But very much probably professional. They're both be able to get a win. But um, hopefully, the sounds that he has are excellent and positive mm. going to the camp so if, if a fella like him can, can predict an Irish victory then look mm. give us all hope well, something you mentioned in your chat uh, with Dennis Fogart Jean, and something we've heard from players over the last while is the mood in the camp and there seems to be a lifting of pressure I think and players seem to be enjoying it a bit more 
Yeah, I think Andy obviously was part of the coaching setup with with Joe, and he probably said himself, or a few players have said himself, that it's important that you know they are not ripping up the the playbook totally and are maintaining and bringing the best bits mm-hmm. that that Joe implemented, and he implemented a hell of a lot of good things, and his success speaks for itself. But I think he probably realised that um, there was probably a bit too much tension. Around the the whole setup, the whole camp, um, probably the lads didn't get as much time to switch off and and release that pressure valve because, you know, you know, preparing for international rugby games is, is a tough business and I suppose it's 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 a game of inches. But when you kind of don't get that escape from from the game, mm. that can kind of almost seep into your performance. And I think creating the play that kind of freedom around expression and, and, cre- and creating opportunities getting the players to take ownership of that um, and empowering the players to to make their own decisions I think that can only have a positive effect look it'll take time for for him to kind of really uh, get it, give his imprint on the Irish game plan and give that autonomy over to players but um, I think it's important and definitely the sound bites coming out of the camp and chatting to one or two players is you know they're having much more fun now and even after the the Welsh game they had a good crack did a few points together sing song and mm. that as much as anything builds builds a bond and builds a team spirit and maybe that was overlooked to an extent in the build up to the World Cup you know with the I suppose the fascination about getting all the little minute details mm. right you kind of let the, the social or the team bond kind of slip a little bit and, and, and the results kind of speak for themselves yeah, Keith Earls is certainly a man who's enjoying his uh, time under Andy Farrell this is what he had to say about the, the mood in the camp uh, when uh, he spoke to the media at the uh, press conference in Cork last week as you said there are times we were, were scared to laugh if you were laughing you weren't switched on or you weren't concentrating or you weren't being professional and what I think last week before the game we did the captain's run then we didn't meet again till we were getting on the bus coming to the game you know and usually you'd have a couple of meetings beforehand and then like you might have a meeting at 10 in the morning and the anxiety starts coming from there whereas it was completely chilled and you were trying to enjoy yourself you know but once you walk over the four lines you have to be switched on it's been able to switch on for the hour or so rather than I suppose waste, wasting energy on morning or two days out or a day out wasting energy on thinking about plays and stuff like that but yeah it's definitely a lot more relaxed than in Munster and Ireland as well and I've never, I've never had a twickle so I'm not too sure I could say it's fun but there's, there's a bit of fun that maybe come back into the Ireland so is that a bit of yeah yeah it's, as I said there it's been a lot more chilled you know you know we're we're rarely in the classroom as well. You know, we see our classroom has been on the field. You know, the Faz brings down the TV down to the side of the field in HPC, HPC and we look at a play and then we go and we rep it. And it's just, coaches are different, but yeah, I suppose. And then, as I said, there it's not about like thinking about going to Twickenham, was an unbelievably tough place to go, but probably only want to think about it 10 minutes here and there every day rather than. 
it's just the quality in the side there, you know, especially in, in, in recent times as well. And obviously there's history between countries and all that crack as well. So, um, yeah, and, you know, they've pumped us a couple of times recently and, you know, we get in the Grand Slam over there and then denying them a Grand Slam, you know. So there has been a lot of history on the field. But, and then this, between the clubs as well, particularly Saracens and Leinster going for Europe. So, yeah, they're, they're an unbelievable side and, you know, getting to a World Cup final and they're all world-class players. Or does this stand up pitch? Because maybe you were coming through, maybe there was a bit more of that emotional stuff before playing English. <coughs> that kind of, was a generational thing? Or yeah, I think I definitely it was a generational thing. I think, I think that's why it took me so long to find myself as well, because maybe I was trying to be like... Paulie or Roger or some of them all fellas who trying to play in motion every week which is impossible to do um, it's a breath of fresh air coming in now like being completely chilled out and like being able to enjoy a sport that, that's so important is um Great. That was Keith Earls there, Tomas. You could you, you heard him say like you know like it's not all about like you know um those tiny minute details that you were talking about there seems to be a bit more freedom a bit more um, room to express yourself yeah and Keith is so experienced he's been coached by probably three or four Irish coaches at this stage and multiple coaches with Munster as well so he's kind of seen different viewpoints and, and outlooks in terms of management um, it's a very pragmatic kind of approach that, that Varys needs to be implementing and I think it's great to hear that you know they're you know they're even the video analysis they're doing it obviously they have a new facility whereby they can have have, have it on the side of the pitch mm-hmm. and watch something in video and then rep it straight away um, rather than sit in a classroom for for an hour an hour and a half and 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 kind of analyze the team that way so yeah I think it's very important to have fun that's what we all start to take up sport for obviously mm-hmm. when it becomes professional it does become a job to an extent but if you can have fun and if you have a bit of crack with your teammates I think you go that extra bit for them on the pitch so yeah I think he's on to a good thing there so we'll see if it translates to Saturday Fingers crossed it does indeed Ireland and England Twickenham Saturday doesn't get much bigger than that we'll be talking about it again on the Big Red Bench this coming Saturday but the Ireland under 20s are in action in Franklin's Gardens on Friday as they take on England as well now one man who's been capturing the headlines for the under 20s is Cork's Jack Crowley the out half has been in red hot form, scored a cracking try against Scotland at Irish Independent Park, was very very good indeed against Wales, he was at that presser in Cork at the Riverlea Hotel last week and uh, this is a little bit of what uh, Jack had to say We spoke about after the first two games like we have as a group our 20s group this year are unbelievably driven and like we have highest standards within our group and we spoke after the Scottish game you know saying that we didn't play our, our game you know obviously a few tries off um, offloads and stuff like that but we are happy with that but it's still not our game and we strive this week to focus on just playing our game um, going away to England next week you know obviously it's an away game um, Franklin Gardens is a stronghold in English rugby with Northampton being there but you know that's that's an uncontrollable for us that we can't go away and dictate the crowd as when teams come to, to come to Independent Park that it's, you know, it's difficult to play against but I'm sure they cancel that crowd out but by playing our game we can get into our flow and feel comfortable away from away from our home of Independent Park so that's kind of the main thing that, that's been our focus is you know we've we've played well in the last two games but there's still a lot more in us and by getting to, to our shape and our game has is, is been the main focus point this week How do you manage those those big moments that you've had and the inevitable attention that that brings I'm sure yeah. your WhatsApps are lighting up after every game and you're getting yeah. sent links of 
videos that are going viral of moments in your game. How do you how do you embrace that, but also try and manage it and block it out a little bit when you need to? Like, cause yeah. you, have to you have to be excited about what you do, but you also have to be able to concentrate. Yeah, like, like I think the main thing that I took from it is you know obviously it's it's unbelievable getting moments like that, but you know the job is done um, it's you know Six Nations campaign it's it's different if it's a one-off game where it's a test match you know maybe last year in the 19s and 18s but my mentality anyway is that it's it's a Six Nations campaign once the game is over we're automatically into the hot review after the game and we put that behind us that game and we're moving on to the next game so you embrace um, you know after the game you know making people proud um, making people happy and you understand that but that has to be put back into the locker and you just focus on the next game and that's kind of been our main mentality after games is that we review it we talk about it we take our learnings um, as there has been many learnings and we move on to the next game which is which is what we've done this week massive learning you know coming up against Johnny Sexton and Ross Byrne and stuff like that and even talking to them um, understanding learnings from them and it's just unbelievable competitive atmosphere that you know that you're you're training against other seniors and you can learn so much from them and by doing that you can you can have the highest standards of you know other teams in the 20s campaign might never have to have that opportunity um, so we're, we're lucky um, to have this unbelievable opportunity to train against seniors so massive learnings from it is what we took so was Jack Crowley there speaking about life uh, as uh, the Ireland uh, number 10 for the Ireland under 20 He's a very, very impressive character to us, isn't he? Yeah, he seems to have a, a real mature head on his shoulders and even with the bit of attention that he's got, it's a courtesy of his performances and I guess that, that kind of super individual try that he got as well in Independent Park, um, he seems to be kind of taking it all in his stride. Um, I know the, the guys out in Corcoran have a have great hope for him in the mm. future as well and obviously Munster would, would have their eyes on now as well at this stage but um, you know it's, I think the under 20s competition is a fantastic opportunity for those kind of guys to, to catapult mm. their names into the, the, the thinking of provincial managers and, and even the Irish senior management thinking for, for the mm. next few years so um, look the last two games have been fantastic obviously a big challenge going over to England now for, for the 20s team mm. um, which traditionally has been one of the more difficult games Um but back in my day there would have been a, a big difference in terms of physicality between Ireland and England but you know I saw that that our 20s team in person and the size of some of those <laughs> guys it's, it's, it's mad like they're all on the weights programs yeah. from the time they're 14, 15 in school and coming out fully formed and fully fledged ready to play professional rugby so I don't think that physical uh, difference are, are, will be there at all so mm. it's, it's a case of I guess which team can, can play the best rugby tactically mm. and, and look under stewardship Ireland have done very well so far so hopefully for himself that he continues to progress and for Munster down the line as well yeah, Fingers crossed 7.45 on Friday the kickoff time in Franklin's Gardens as Ireland look to continue their quest for a back-to-back uh, Grand Slams uh, this has been a, a Big Red Bench a special podcast looking ahead to uh, Ireland and England this weekend don't forget to check out the Big Red Bench this coming Saturday check out our Twitter as well at Big Red Bench and uh, check us out online redfm.ie thanks for listening folks we'll chat you Saturday aye, 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 aye. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.